the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast, where the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more often than things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And today we have got a dino-rific episode for everybody. We are talking the 1993 animated film, We're Back, A Dinosaur Story. We are also talking the 1987 cartoon, Dinosaurs. <laughs> and then we are going to do a casting of something totally different, something y'all didn't ask for, probably something you guys don't even want, but we don't care because we thought it would be interesting. What if they rebooted Jurassic Park completely? You know, they're like, hey, let's make a new one that's based on the book and doesn't have anything to do with, you know, Jurassic World, no Chris Pratt or any of that crap. It's all just actual brand new reboot. And so we are doing Jurassic Park. It's the main characters from Jurassic Park. That's uh, I think it's pretty cool. I'm excited. I, I like my cast. I did too. I was, uh, I was kind of pleasantly surprised at myself, I think. Yeah. Well, for every child, dinosaurs is just like a, a thing that every kid gets excited about. I swear. I, I, don't, I don't think I know a single child who didn't go through a dinosaur phase. Yeah, I definitely did. Yep, absolutely. We definitely had different books. I remember learning, you know, a lot of the different um, species of dinosaurs and whatnot. Uh, so we thought it was quite fitting to do a dino episode. And so uh, 1993 is the year our movie came out. John, could you take our minds back? Yeah. So the movie came out. I saw two different dates, but they're basically the same date next to each other. So I just picked one. Uh, November 23rd. 1993. Some say 24th, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Neither neither made sense to me because it's one was a Tuesday and one was a Wednesday, so okay. not typically days that movies come out, but whatever. Uh, Adam, you're going to like this one. The Billboard Top 100 single for that week, I'll Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That by Meatloaf. My number one power ballad. Great song. R.I.P. Meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. And topping the Nielsen rating is not really a surprise. It was Home Improvement. Okay. That was, bad. That was terrible. Yeah, he's just better. <laughs> uh, a video game released that month is one that I actually played back in the 90s. Not on our computer because we didn't really have a good computer for games back then. But I had a friend who had this game. And I have since turned my son onto the franchise so much that he's played the game and watched the short-lived cartoon that came out at that time, and the game was Sam and Max Hit the Road. Okay, I've seen those characters. I've mm-hmm. never, I never played the game, but I know what you're talking about. Uh, funny, like uh, they're detectives, and mm-hmm. Sam is a dog that dresses yeah. like a detective, but Max is just a rabbit. There's just a rabbit, but mm-hmm. they're quirky and funny. It's, it's actually quite amusing. Okay. Uh, the New York Times bestseller is a book called Slow Waltz in Cedar Bend by Robert James Waller, who is the guy who released uh, the book uh, Bridges of Madison County. Okay. Yep. Far more better known book. Yep. 
Um, and my fun fact for 1993, the group, the Barbie Liberation Organization, which was a <laughs> real group, uh, challenged gender stereotypes by switching the voice boxes on hundreds of Barbies and G.I. Joe dolls and then reverse shoplifted them, basically put them in the stores without people knowing. Uh, and the Barbies would yell, eat lead, Cobra, and the G.I. Joes would ask, want to go shopping? You know, I'm all for it. I think that's... Uh... <laughs> That's that's a pretty interesting tactic and yeah. cool. I, I like it. I like I like the way they did that. I, I I bet if you were one of the people who got those and didn't take it out of the box, it might be a collector's item right now. You never know. Yeah. So all right, that was 1993. All right, John. Well, I'm excited because not just those dinosaurs are going back. We're also going back to talk. We're back. All right, we're back at Dinosaur Story 1993. This film was directed by four people. A lot of animated films, you know, directing in animation is kind of totally different than directing, obviously, in Mm -hmm. um, live action. So uh, four people are credited as the director hero here. Phil uh, Nibelink, uh, he also directed American Tale, Fightful Goes West. He worked on Fox and the Hound, Great Mouse Detective, uh, Black Cauldron, Iron Giant. Uh, some great stuff there. Simon Wells is another one directed for this one. He also did American Fifel, uh, American Tale, Fifel Goes West. Also directed Balto and Princes of Egypt. So we probably talked about him uh, back when we talked to, talked about that film mm-hmm. with Tammy. That was yep. good times. Dick Zontag. He also directed multiple episodes of your favorite show ever, Reboot. And... <laughs> <laughs> and then worked on other great films like Land Before Time and All Dogs mm. Go to Heaven. And then I'm assuming his brother, Ralph Zondag, uh, wrote the story for Pocahontas as well as the um, uh, other Disney movie, Dinosaur. That was like the animated or the computer animated dinosaur mm-hmm. movie from 2000. Yeah. And then he worked on Rockadoodle and Troll in Central Park as well. Uh, this film was produced by Steven Spielberg's Amblimation, uh, their animation studio. Steven Spielberg stuff, they've done a shit ton of films. I mean, he had another big dinosaur movie that came out that same year. Uh, yes, he was into dinosaurs hard at this point. <laughs> yeah, like Jurassic Park came out in, uh, I think it was a blockbuster, like summer blockbuster, I think, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't look up the date, but my guess is probably around like that July time. Um, but yeah, other ones that Amblimation did, American Tale, Five Goes Re- West, and Balto, and whatnot, ones we already mentioned, and kind of like what set off that whole studio was uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So, Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense with some of the casting that we're going to hear later. Mm. Uh, music was done by the great James Horner. Uh. And <laughs> other ones that we have heard from him, specifically... Movies we've already talked about, Jumanji, Batteries Not Included, Mask of Zorro, American Tale, Cocoon, Aliens, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Balto, Land Before Time, and Casper. And then other ones we uh, have yet to review, Commando, Willow, Field of Dreams, Glory, Rocketeer, Legends of the Fall, Braveheart, Apollo 13, Titanic, Avatar, Beautiful Mind, and many, many more. Gone Too Soon, James Horner. You just don't realize how many soundtracks he was a part of of our childhood. Mm Mm-hmm. It's incredible. I mean, everyone everyone knows like the two big names. I think there's like the pinnacle of composers, and I always put James, uh, John, John Williams, and um, Hans Zimmer in my opinion. Like they're like the peak. But yeah. then there's like those tier right below that you'll get like the um, 
Danny Elfman, d- definitely James Horner. You're realizing yeah. is like, holy crap, some of these great movies, um, a whole bunch of others. Thomas Newton Howard. Yes, that's, that's a good call. Name. Yep. So, um, but yeah, just so many awesome soundtracks I've mentioned here. James Horner is amazing. So, and I'll Alan Silvestri, it. that was the other name I couldn't yes, think of. Yes, Alan Silvestri is a perfect call. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, this film is based on the 1987 Hudson Talbot children's book of the same name. Did you ever read this book? I did not. Okay, neither did I. I had no <laughs> ties to the book. I did, though, watch this movie when I was younger. How about you? Uh, no. <laughs> I didn't think so. Not only had I not watched it, I've never heard of it. Never heard of it. Okay. Uh, this is absolutely one that I watched. Now, I wouldn't say it was like a massive favorite, but it was absolutely a film that I remember watching. And then... Watching for this viewing, scenes came back to me and came back to me. Almost kind of, I remember we talked about this with Land Before Time. Mm-hmm. You know, that other Spielberg anis- uh, uh, animated dinosaur film. Where it's just like, oh yeah, this scene. Or, oh yeah, he's going to be, he's wearing that 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 outfit. Or this mm-hmm. thing and whatnot. So, um, this was one that I absolutely, I, I had to have watched it on multiple occasions. So Okay. And that's kind of why I put it on here. Because I was just like, once I saw... Um, I remember I was doing like either research on another thing or something, and mm-hmm. I saw the picture for We're Back at Dinosaur Story, and it flooded the nostalgia, just being like, oh my god, I remember this animation, I remember these characters, I want to do this. I wonder where you watched it, because I'm pretty sure we didn't have this movie at home. No, I agree. Definitely didn't watch it at home, and I don't know this if, if maybe... So it, it was 93, so I we were already in Alpharetta at this point. We're no longer mm-hmm. incoming, so it wasn't the daycare. No. Maybe I had a friend that I went and watched at his place multiple times. I'm, I'm not sure. That's my guess. Yeah. That's my guess. But but it, it definitely is in my head. So, all right. Let's talk the cast of the film. Uh, Rex, who is a Tyrannosaurus Rex, is voiced by John Goodman. And, of course, you know him from Roseanne, Big Lebowski, Righteous Gemstones, whatever. Tons of stuff. Uh, Woog, who is a Triceratops, is voiced by Rene Levant or Levant. Uh, he v- did voices on the Flintstones kids cartoon and a lot of small parts, mm-hmm. things like that. Elsa, who is the pterodactyl, is voiced by Felicity Kendall, who has done tons of British TV. I didn't really recognize much as else that she had been on, but it's just tons of British shows. Okay. Uh, Dweeb, who is a Parasaurolophus. Um, <laughs> Bless you. Yeah. Uh, is voiced by Charles Fleischer, who is the great Roger Rabbit in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Captain New Eyes is voiced by Walter Cronkite, who is the legendary news reporter. And that's the way it is. Exactly. Very famous. This was his first gig. acting gig. Wow. <laughs> Maybe his only acting gig. I, he, it might have been. I'm pretty sure he passed yeah. not long after this movie. <laughs> exactly. I don't remember him living, you know, too much later. But uh, and then Vorb, who is an alien. That's right. It's not just a <laughs> dinosaur film. It's also got aliens and time travel and magic and a bunch of weird shit. Uh, that is voiced by Jay Leno uh, of The Tonight Show and <laughs> Comedian and whatnot. So interesting. And is actually as typical, I, I just mentioned this, so I think it bears worth mentioning, probably for most of them, if not all of them. Uh, Jay Leno apparently recorded his voice for this movie like three years before, before it came out. And that's, especially, that's particularly typical, I think, for uh-huh. animation, of, especially of the time where it, it yes. takes a little bit longer to get stuff out. 
yeah, hand-drawn animation takes a quite a bit of time. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, makes sense. Uh, this film had a budget, from what I could find, of uh, around twenty-ish million, and it only grossed nine point three million in the box box office. So this was a flop. Yes. Yes, it was. But was it worth being a flop? Let's talk about that as we go through our breakdown. We start off with a bird family. One of them, this, you know, littlest one, kind of a cute little guy who's getting pushed around by his siblings, uh, is named Buster. Uh, Buster is voiced by Blaze Birdall, uh, who was one of the main kids in the Ghost Rider show. Mm, Remember okay. that show? Yeah. Ghost Rider was classic. And the mother bird is voiced by Rhea Perlman. From Cheers, married to Danny DeVito for a long time. Good stuff. Then this big dinosaur goes and uh, is playing golf near where the birds have trees. And the bird wants to leave the nest and, and leave the house. Because <laughs> this all this makes so much sense right now. Okay, you have a dinosaur about to play golf and these birds that can talk to it. And it can also talk to... You know what? It also doesn't... Oh, my God. Massive inconsistency, I just realized. <laughs> they specifically throw out animals are primitive. The dinosaurs were primitive, and they can't speak and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. unless they eat this brain grain right. cereal. Why do the why can these birds speak? Why can the dinosaur talk to these birds unless they ate the brain grain as well? I don't know. I maybe, didn't realize maybe, that inconsistency until maybe some I of just, it got into the bird seed. That who knows? I mean, that is the, that is the entire plot point right. of you getting animals that you know are animals, and then they have to eat this brain grain, and that's how they can speak. So how the fucking okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's it. Movie's over. Well, doing this setup is completely unnecessary. Yeah. Of the to- like, so Rex is playing golf and meets this bird and he's going to tell him his story about how he, you know, became so smart. Mm-hmm. Why do we need that flashback and why do we need the golf thing and why do we need... And this interaction now makes it, honestly, <laughs> makes it even more inconsistent. Uh, I'm guessing to push it over the hour mark because yeah. this movie was pretty short. <laughs> 72 minutes. Um, yeah, it is a short film already, so they must have been stretching. So, all right. So we go back into the olden days as Rex is a mindless T-Rex at this time. And then we fly this alien Vorb flies in and he apparently randomly chose Rex (laughs) to grow his brain. And so they feed him this brain grain cereal, you know, up in this uh, space station kind of thing. But it looks like an old ship that can fly but they feed it to him and he kind of changes into the Rex that we met from earlier he gets smart and looks more cartoonish Uh, we meet the other dinosaurs who also got a similar treatment who are smart now Elsa, Woog and Dweeb they're all eating some hot dogs together Woob is haha hilariously fat and constantly wants to eat Dweeb is dumb and Elsa's horny as shit Uh, that's basically (laughs) their (laughs) their different mentalities the dinos meet Captain New Eyes uh, who is from the future, he says. So there's time travel <laughs> as well going on. He's from the future, and he's uh, he's he's come back to help humanity. Um, and what did he decide to do? Well, he shows them his wish radio that can hear what kids are wishing for. And they just want to... They want to meet dinosaurs, man. You know, he, he turns his dial to the middle future, 
whatever the fuck that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there was the future, middle future, and far future, or whatever the hell it was. Like, okay, they want, they really want. That's what kids love is to see real life dinosaurs. Now, so, my question is. Is that the near, middle, and far future from where he's at at that point, or from where he was when he started? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The answer yeah. is yes. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't make any fucking sense. They uh, they agree. The dinosaurs agree to go, and they want to uh, go to this future and grant the kids' wishes. So the ship... Adam, mm-hmm. what would you have wished for when you were a kid, if you could have had a, a wish granted? Um... I mean, if they're not far off, like I probably, you know, when I was a kid, I probably wanted like a pet wolf or something. I was really into wolves. And yeah. I mean, we've established that, you know, or you, you do the classic blank check wish for a million dollars. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Simple as that. Back then, a million dollars seemed like all the money in the world. Nowadays, a million dollars, I feel like, isn't going to last you near as long as you think. No, no, hell no. I mean, fucking hey, it's it's. Maybe a house for a lot of people. Well, I mean, yeah. that's a damn good house, honestly. But yeah, but, but still, still, it's still like that's that's, that's not, not uncommon. It's not going to last you past much of that, and you still have uh, property taxes to pay and upkeep and shit. <laughs> yeah, adulting <laughs> sucks, man. Yes, it does. So, I'm um, not to say I wouldn't take a billion dollars right now. That would actually solve a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, for me. All right. So, uh, anyway, the ship flies up into space, and they speed through time. Part of my issue was that they didn't speed through. Sp- I guess they must have sped through space adjustment, too, because it was like everything revolved around the Earth because through time, Earth would have been rotating and moving. But mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> this is not an accurate film. I understand that. <laughs> Where did you get that idea? I know. Uh, Captain New Eyes tells them they need to go find Dr. Bleeb. Apparently, they he set up this whole thing where they can go talk to Dr. Bleeb, but they have to avoid his evil brother, uh, Professor Screw Eyes. So he's Dr. New Eyes. And his brother, Professor Screw Eyes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God damn it. So the dinosaurs parachute into New York City, uh, but they end up capsizing this kid who's kind of on a makeshift boat in like, you know, Hudson Bay or wherever the fuck they are. Mm-hmm. They befriend him immediately, and he's this very, very New Yorky kid. You know, um, he's a kind of a runaway. He's running away to the circus because he wants to, you know, very much similar to that bird from earlier i guess that's what's making rex want to tell this story that i swear that's all kids wanted to do back in the 80s was run away to the circus i heard that so much did you i, I don't see i don't remember that being a thing i definitely remember that being that thing okay uh not okay. necessarily that i wanted to do that but like in stories you know like oh they ran away with the circus yeah gotcha. so, that, that why why the circus yeah that just seems like hard work it does it doesn't seem glamorous <laughs> It seems, yeah, exactly. You're constantly on the move, having to uh, do a, exactly a lot of work. It's interesting. Kids love the circus, so. <laughs> mm. Well, kids are stupid. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, I like that. It depends on the circus. <laughs> I like I like Cirque du Soleil. I was going to say, if it was Cirque du Soleil, I'd be down for it. Yeah. Yeah, but like, like we never really went to like a, cl- I don't remember doing a classic circus Maybe when we were kids. once or twice. Yeah. Maybe once or twice. Yeah, exactly. We're definitely we're in the more art, artsy, fartsy, Cirque du Soleil crowd, and we all love it because yeah. of that. So, all right, uh, that kid Louie uh, is voiced by Joey Shea, who did a few episodes of Ghost Rider as well, but really nothing much else besides mm. uh, this and that. Rex almost drowns at one point. Louie has to use a backhoe to save him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
All right. All right. Moving on. Uh, we meet Dr. Bleeb real quick, who's late and uh, doesn't find the dinosaurs. Also very nonchalant about being late and all. Oh, whatever. We'll find these dinosaurs um, who are not supposed to be in this time, but whatever. That's voiced by Julia Child. Yes. Which is very cool. I love Julia Child. Well, yeah. I mean, you're a big chef guy, and she is she is the name. When you think of, like, female chef people, I feel she is still probably the name over Martha Stewart, over... Giada or Rachel Ray or whatever, Julia Child is like the big name or was the big name and is still probably one of the biggest names. Yeah. Well, also, like, she seemed very, first of all, I mean, she she did go to culinary school and that's where she learned to cook, but she, never, she was never necessarily a chef. She didn't work in a restaurant or anything like that. So she was a home cook. But she was, man, if you go back and watch some of those episodes, she's funny and quirky yeah. and just very relatable and loved to have a good time. And I've watched so many cooking shows in my life where it's just like, okay, here's what we're going to cook. This is what we're going to do. This is how you do it. Da, 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 da. And it, they're not very personable. And it's like, you know what? I mean, I'm learning how to cook certain things, but at the same time, they're not making it entertaining. And she made it entertaining. And you know what? If if she fucked up, she just kept going. She's like, yeah. oh, well, we're going to make the adjustment. And I've told this story, I think, on here before, but our, our uncle used to work lighting for Emerald's show, Emerald Live, when, he, when that mm-hmm. show was like, at its peak, bam! And I don't. I got the impression. I don't think our our uncle liked Emerald all that much. Mm. I don't know what he was like off set, but he said to his credit, he said if something goes wrong, he just rolls with it. He would just roll with it. He, you know, if something, if the chopper wasn't working, you know, if the if the blender wasn't working, he'd hand, you know, chop it up or whatever he did. Whatever he had to do, he just wouldn't stop the show. He just, all right, you know what? If this is what happens, this is how you this is how you correct the problem. So yeah, I, I, I appreciate when when people do that because, you know, stuff goes wrong at home all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely shows a little bit of um, humbleness. And, you know, they're not the divas that I do feel if a chef can't be perfect on camera now, then it's just like they, they freak out. So. Right. Elsa and uh, Louis. Elsa takes Louis flying around the city to kind of he's trying to scope out how they can get the dinosaurs um, to where they need to go, which is this natural museum of natural history. As they fly, they see something. He sees like a parade and he gets an idea, but then they start flying back and he sees this sad girl. The sad girl, Cecilia, is voiced by Lisa Simpson. Uh, well, <laughs> Yardley Smith, <laughs> yes. but she did not use any other voice other than the Lisa voice. <laughs> Maybe that's just her thing. I, I just say, I don't know that she does any other voice on The Simpson other than Lisa. The- yeah, I don't know if maybe it. she can't alter her voice somehow or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, she has a very childlike voice, which is you know very good for being able to voice children. The problem is, is she always sounds like that. She sounds exactly the same. She was also in Herman's Head, that show, um, if you remember that one at all. But yeah, I had trouble with the Cecilia character just because my brain just kept going to Lisa mm-hmm. and, and pulling it out. But it's all right. So that's fine. But she's sad because her parents are never around. They're constantly doing other stuff. They're partying and doing the social life and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And so she's sad. And so they decide to take her on their adventure as well. She meets the other dinosaurs. And, you know, Louis thinks of that way to to get them um, across town. And that is using the parade. So while they're in the parade going through and, you know, they're trying to just look like little robotic dinosaurs or whatnot. 
they can all hear the kids saying, oh, I wish they were real. I just, I wish we could meet some real dinosaurs. <laughs> and then we get an absolutely atrocious song in the parade <laughs> called Roll Back the Rock. Roll back the rock to the dawn of time When the earth was smoking and the lava flowed Roll back the rock to the dawn of time You can blow your cool just like a volcano Snap your fingers and stomp your feet Soaking up a little of the jungle beat Roll back the rock to the dawn of time And sing this song with me Roll back the rock Turn back the clock Roll back the rock to the dawn of time And sing this song with me and it's sung by John Goodman, and I guess this is the big musical thing to try and you know get the kids attached to the movie. <laughs> and it sucks. It's just not. A, it's not a good song. Not really. No. But by the end of it, the people realize they're real dinosaurs because they're singing and dancing. Um, honestly, John, if I re- if a dinosaur was talking to me, mm-hmm. I would not think that's a real dinosaur. No, I would think that I'm somehow took like a. a, a- Bad acid or something. Exactly. Because uh, we know Somebody that... slipped me something or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but everyone's getting... All the humans, of course, or adults in particular, getting freaked out. There's madness going on. The dinosaurs see a poster for Screw Eyes, um, who is going to be exactly where they're heading, which is actually towards Central Park for some reason, even though I don't really know why they were going to Central Park. Uh, well, I guess... Well, he, no, they're trying to drop off... That's why. Uh, Louie wanted to go... They drop him off at the cir- at the circus, and then they can go to the Natural History Museum. Oh, he yeah, was, yeah, that's what it was. He because he still wanted to go to the circus, and so that's why they're going that way. Um, but yes, so Skrize is uh, running the circus that they were going to be heading towards. Then the cops come because there's dinosaurs in New York, and so they have to escape the cops, and including a somewhat humorous motorcycle ride. Um, with a sidecar and Rex using a truck like a skateboard and wackiness happening. <laughs> So and it ends with them ugh, literally getting getting exploded all the way to Central Park. That's what happens, John. Mm-hmm. Something exploded and they whoa and they shot over there. <laughs> How fucking pathetic is that for writing? <laughs> like, damn, that just pissed me off. So uh, heading to the circus, um, they start heading there. Leah, uh, Louie. You know, wants to go and run away and whatnot, exactly as I mentioned before. And Louis and Cecilia get there, and it's a real creepy circus. They meet Screw Eyes, um, who is voiced by Kenneth Mars, who was actually the voice of King Triton in The Little Mermaid. Oh, okay. And a bunch of other credits as well. Uh, they also kind of very briefly meet uh, Stubbs the Clown, voiced by the great Martin Short. So they got some good names in this one. Yeah. So, But his circus is all about scaring people. You know, that's what, uh, you know, he, he gets the fear on all this kind of stuff. Because Cecilia and Louis want to join it, Screwwise has them sign a contract in blood to join the circus. So they dot this contract in blood and to join the circus. And okay, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> the dinosaurs make it to the circus uh, eventually. They warn about Screwwise and whatnot, but Louis and Cecilia, they're already signed in. You know, they can't get out of their contract or anything. Which is kind of funny because they got into the contract by running away. So they could just run away. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't think about that. <laughs> so uh, Screw Eyes shows them his fear radio. As you know, there was the wish radio. He has a fear radio um, to try and hear all the different fears. Because that's where he gets his jollies or whatever from making people afraid. And mm-hmm. what is the number one fear? Monsters. And these dinosaurs... 
wow, they definitely could be monsters for him. And as opposed to the brain grain, he has a little pill that's called brain drain to make the dinosaurs primitive again. Witty wordplay. Oh, it's just amazing. (laughs) And so to get the kids out of their contract, they have to join. The dinosaurs have to join the circus as the primitive monsters. And so they agree. Um, So they're a little bit of sacrificing their own intelligence um, to save Louis and Cecilia. The next morning, Stubbs helps the kids with like breakfast and whatnot. And we see he's actually a really nice guy. He's just a good clown. And how he got mixed up with screw eyes, you know, it's hard to tell, but it doesn't make sense. He's just a nice guy. And, um, you know, he's going to help Louis and Cecilia kind of find out about the dinosaurs. And so he'll put, you know, find, get them into the show that night. So this the show starts, which, of course, is to meant to scare people. And like some people, they really played up the man. I don't understand why people are like wanting to get scared, but it's like that's a normal thing. Like that's what horror movies are based on. Mm-hmm. That's what haunted houses are based on. Getting frightened can be very fun. I was thinking while watching this that the guy should have set up his his uh, scary circus in like the 2010s because that's a big thing is like haunted houses now people going to haunted houses all the time i don't because i don't like being scared i I don't i don't get that endorphin rush that a lot of people do get when they watch horror movies and stuff like that which is apparently why they like it it's it's chemical as well as psychological Mm -hmm. i don't have that so yeah i don't care i'm not i'm not a big horror guy like yeah the horror films don't do it for me all Mm -hmm. that much but i did go to the netherworld haunted house um in atlanta last year and it was phenomenal mm. now yeah you get some jump scares um the the sight of gross stuff and the sight of like blood and guts and whatever that never does it for me right but what does do it for me in, in particularly at that place was the production value oh. like i love the theatrics up behind it and yeah. like the anime the um the animatronics that they've got with some of the stuff and just like the actors and how they get into their roles. I mean, you know, that's because you know, that's the kind of shit I'm interested in and film and TV and acting and all that kind of stuff. So I see it as like a such a production that I was just really loving it. And then every now and then you get a jump scare and that's just kind of fun. I did yeah. like that. So every now and then. The so. last so, yeah. haunted house, that, or the last real haunted house that wasn't something that some elementary school was putting on <laughs> was at the Playboy Mansion. Oh, Okay. I bet that wasn't as uh, scary as it was bonerific, but I mean, they tried to make they tried to make it like a legit uh, haunted house. Okay, but the problem, or I guess it really wasn't a problem, uh, was that I ended up behind in line because it was just one continuous line of people going through. Um, and I think part of a of a scare is kind of being like alone. And if you're in a huge yeah. crowd of people, it makes it a lot less scary. Mm-hmm. But I was following a woman who kept flashing every person who popped out to scare us because it was the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> so it definitely made it a lot less scary. Yeah, yeah, less scary, but enjoyable in its own right. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, I agree. So one of the the problems um, is when you're in, yeah, too big of a group and like the jump the jump scare gets spoiled. Like say you're like the third person in line. Right. You, might, you can see the jump scare happening and, you know, it's just like, okay, you know, or if like, or if you're close enough and you don't see it, you're definitely going to hear it. Yeah, yeah. There's other stuff. So, you know, yes, that can be a, it can be a problem with it. But um, yeah, but I, I really did dig that one. And if you guys are ever in Atlanta, check out uh, the Netherworld one. So, all right. So at this circus, they're showing off the dinosaurs, and people are getting scared shitless, and whoa, all this crazy stuff. Uh, and Screw Eyes 
Also has magic powers to where he can use mind control with his screwy eye thing to kind of control Rex. But then randomly, this bird hits a flare button. It just seems so fucking (laughs) stupidly random and coincidental that it makes primitive Rex attack and loses, you know, the the control from from, uh, screw eyes and whatnot. And Louie, though, goes in to stop him and he gets through to Rex. Through the power of love and friendship, he makes him smart again. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? That's so fucking stupid. That's fucking terrible. Dr. New Eyes then shows up and Vorb, the alien, um, and they shoot off the chains holding the dinosaurs. If they didn't care about showing people their themselves and whatnot, why didn't they drop off the fucking dinosaurs right at the goddamn Natural History Museum? <laughs> right. Why did they drop them in <laughs> at the lake? Like, if they're just going to fly over a fucking bunch of people and shoot shit, just just put them right where they're supposed to be. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but yeah, so they shoot the chains off and they all get smart. They're, you know, they've gotten smart smartened by love and friendship from earlier. But uh, uh, then Cecilia and Louie kiss which was really weird, and I didn't need this. Mm-hmm. And Elsa flirts with Rex because she kind of dropped hints that she wants some of that T-Rex dick. <laughs> and then Stubbs quits in dramatic fashion because, you know, we like him, and yay, he he uh, leaves Professor Screwwise and whatnot. And the captain and the dinos, they all leave because they saved the day of getting them out of there and whatnot. And Screwwise... Talks about what frightens him, which is being alone. And then maybe he gets eaten by crows? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, that part was a little ambiguous. <laughs> it's artistic. I like that. It but was it a doesn't choice. Make any, it was definitely a choice. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. So the dinosaurs go to the museum and meet Dr. Bleeb, uh, and they start their life making kids happy, which the whole plan is. They'll stand still and think that they're just, you know, and the adults will just think that they're statues and whatnot of um, the dinosaurs. And then the parents are kind of kicked out for a bit and they'll reveal themselves to the kids as real dinosaurs, making all their wonderful wishes come true. And it's just, yay, it's just wonderful. We return to Rex talking to the bird buster at the end of the story and um, we find out Louie and Cecilia are kind of back with their own families and everything. Everyone is just happier. And it's just an amazing little thing that totally makes sense. It's not confusing at all. (laughs) And it ends with the story, Roll Back the Rock, this time sung by Little Richard. Roll back the rock to the dawn of time When the earth was smoking and the lava flowed Roll back the rock to the dawn of time You can blow your cool just like a volcano Snap your fingers and stump your feet Soaking up a little of that jungle beat Roll back the rock to the dawn of time And sing this song with me I'll roll back the rock That is the end of our film And the first thing I want to know is Did you show your kids? No I originally planned on it but by the time I had to watch, or by the time I went to watch this film, because I try to watch it within a day or two of us recording, so it's relatively mm-hmm. fresh in my mind, my daughter decided that they wanted, and I didn't tell them that I was going to show them this, they decided they wanted to go spend the weekend at Grandma's. So okay. they're not even home. Okay. And I'm kind of glad they weren't. Yeah, I, I don't think they're missing much. No. This is your first experience with this film so please let me know your thoughts this film 
was fucking stupid. Yeah. I had no nostalgic tie to it. You know, I don't think we've had too many, like, bad animated movies here. I can usually find value in most of them. I found... I wandered so much I had to rewind the movie a couple times because I realized I'd missed huge parts of it because I was so bored yeah. watching this and that, that not having the nostalgic tie really hurt it because it's I hated it I absolutely <laughs> hated every second of this film and I did have the nostalgic tie but also I understand storytelling <laughs> and how a movie should go and this film just doesn't make any sense. You're right. The perfect word for it is stupid. It ties in time travel, aliens, dinosaurs. It's got everything you'd think a kid would want, but it has zero substance to it mm-hmm. really and and nothing that 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 <laughs> makes it something <laughs> worth watching. Right. You know, there is no worth to it. The plot is fucking terrible. It's ridiculous. And I think this is very much a just a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I know I had other people who who I told that I were doing this one. They're like, oh, I love that one. Um, and I think that was it. They watched it like once or twice when they were kids, like what I did. And then they completely forgot about it because it got overshadowed by other films that actually are good like there's other animated films that actually make sense and this one doesn't and so they they remember having fun with it as a kid where you're not developed or understand what should happen in a movie or how any you know plot should kind of go or whatnot you can find fun in it but fuck no it was just plain bad and i have another issue with the film is the score and i love james horner and here's the thing. The score is not bad in this movie. The score is just bad for this movie. The score was actually way, it felt way too big, way too dramatic. It felt perfect for like a Land Before Time style, which actually he did. Mm -hmm. But it felt terrible for this wacky movie where they were trying to do like, you know, it just felt like it was a farcical, stupid comedy. And then they would have this awesome strings come in and it would felt like it'd be swelling and swelling. But it was like a comedic moment thing. And it just, it didn't. It, there was no, it wasn't cohesive. Mm-hmm. It wasn't cohesive. And so just in general, nothing felt cohesive with this movie. And it's just fucking weird. And it was, you're right, God fucking awful. All right. Can we save the dinosaur episode with dinosaurs? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um <laughs> Hey, spoilers, spoiler alert, 1987, one season, 65 episodes. This show was uh, put out in syndication, created by Michael Uslan. Uh, He was a he's a big DC film Mm -hmm. uh, producer. Actually, he's most known for producing. So he produced every single Batman movie. Yeah. 
He's also produced like Swamp Things. The, I mean, every Batman movie, and I'm talking about uh, other than 66, literally from 89, Returns, Forever, Batman and Robin, the Nolan trilogy, the Lego movie, the Lego Batman movie, the Joker, and the recent The Batman. Mm. He has definitely got ties in with that character and with DC Comics. I, I watched a little behind-the-scenes little snippet thing on this show, and apparently uh, Uslan, Uslan, I can't remember how he mm. pronounced his name, he had been trying to get a Batman movie made since, like, 80. Wow. And so, um, and this show came out of not, like, I guess whatever project, Batman project he had been working on falling through, and so him creating this, I think, out of his, you know, either his kid or just knowing kids. Well, kids mm. like dinosaurs and space. Let's put them yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, dinosaurs in space. Um, another just c- two cool things. He also was a producer on Where in the World is Carmen San Diego. Love that. Respect him for that. Um, and he was the. He also is a professor, and he was the first instructor to teach an accredited course on comic book folklore in any university. Oh, that, that's a class I'd pay to take. Yeah, so, I mean, he's obviously a big comics guy, obviously, with all his DC tie-ins, mm-hmm. but, like, um, he also helps teach about it, so I think that's really cool about that guy. Uh, let's do, talk about the cast. Uh, Aloe, um, I'm just going to mention just a couple, because there's a big cast. There's a bunch of dinosaurs and whatnot. Um, Aloe, who is the leader of the Dinosaucers, is voiced by Len Carlson. He did a couple different voices on the X-Men, the animated series. He was also on the Beetlejuice cartoon and Jason, the Wheeled Warriors. Genghis Rex is voiced by Dan Hennessy, who we talked about not long ago at all. Chief Quimby in the Inspector Gadget oh, yeah. show. Uh, the father in the Little Bear show and just tons of stuff. Lots of stuff for him. And then the uh, four different kids who are um, the secret scouts. <laughs> That's who I'm going to mention. <laughs> Ryan uh, is played by Simon Reynolds. Not much that I recognize. Sarah by Barbara Redpath. She did Care Bears. Uh, Leslie or David was voiced by Leslie Toth. Not much else that I noticed. Uh, and Paul was voiced by Richard Yearwood, who did some other things and whatnot, but I did kind of recognize the voice a bit. Um, he was the voice of Donkey Kong in the Donkey Kong Country cartoon, oh, okay. which was not huge, but somewhat, you know, popular enough. Yeah. So, uh, so as you kind of mentioned, space and dinosaurs, that is basically it on this one. Um, I mean, think they wanted to do. Thundercats, but with dinosaurs. Right. That's exactly that is literally exactly the premise. The show follows the dinosaurs and they're battling the evil Tyrannos. Um, and the two groups originally came from this counter Earth uh, place called Reptil Reptilion. Almost yeah, almost trans. It's literally it's Transformers, but with dinosaurs. Or yeah, uh, Thundercats, but with dinosaurs. The dinosaurs, yes, they are allied with these four humans called the Secret Scouts. Apparently, the dinosaurs have a button in the front of their uniform, which instantly devolves them. Mm. In the, they devolves them into their primitive dinosaur state, um, which they become bigger and stronger, but they have, you know, like tiny T-Rex arms or right. whatnot. But they keep all of their intelligence and speech and stuff. But the, so. if, am I right thinking that Tyrannos don't have that ability, right? I saw, the, yeah, they, they, apparently they do not. <laughs> but they have a ray gun that can devolve people or something like that it's weird so it's adam question when you think the 80s and cartoons what generally goes hand in hand with that theme songs actually well i wasn't going with that but yes that is theme song (laughs) but we'll get to that in a second okay i'm talking toys 
Oh, yes. I mean, what is the purpose of an 80s cartoon if not to sell toys? Yeah. So here's the thing about the Dinosaurs toys. Toy line was planned, had everything ready, they sold it to a company, a few figures were released, and was abruptly canceled, making Dinosaurs one of the most rare toys to find on the market. If you can find one, an actual true Dinosaurs toy still in the mold, it is probably worth bank. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because this only had one season and then it got canceled. So it's not like it's a super popular show. Right. But yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. If anybody out there has a Dinosaurs toy, which I know we did not. No. We had Dino Riders, but we did not have Dinosaurs. We did have Dino. And we talked we talked Dino Riders in like our first like three or four episodes. Yeah, it was I think. like our second or third episode. Yeah. But Dinosaurs. What do you remember of this show when we were younger? I remember watching the show. I don't remember much about the show. I just remember that I watched the show. And if you want to talk about now, I, I've i never forgotten the theme song. We used to be four ordinary teenagers. Until one day, we met some new friends from out of town. They were called Dinosaurs. My friends and I became the secret scouts, allies to these dinosaurs from outer space, and joined in their battles against Genghis Rex and the evil Tyrannos. The dinosaurs are leaving, Bossasaur! Well, follow them! That theme song is killer, and if you had to guess who created that theme song, who would you guess? Um, uh, uh, oh, God, why can't I think of his name? Um, I'm blanking on his name, but it's the guy. It's the guys who created all the other memorable theme songs. Everything. Uh, Levy and Saban. Saban, that was the name the, I was turning yes. to read. Yep, that is, it is that. Those two people, they fucking killed it with this one, you know. Um, I don't think did this one make our i don't think it made our 80s cartoon list i think it made if it made mine it was low on i didn't make yours because and i remember your argument was the coolest part about it is the chorus and the rest of it's i think just talking yeah and that's fine but the yeah. part that's memorable damn it's catchy it is catchy it, and, it, and i i do remember exactly calling that out because it's just like it's just that dinosaurs part that I really really like, but it is damn good. And it, hell, whenever I hear the word dinosaurs, I think I just go into that dinosaurs. Doo, 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 doo. So yeah, that is very solid. I ended up watching one episode. I also watched one episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. Um, I yes, I do. Re- is, this is a show that I remember watching, but I don't remember much about. It. Very similar with mm-hmm. you, I absolutely watched this because I remembered like the character designs um, and all that kind of stuff. So it's just like, oh yeah, this is definitely a show. And that you know, seeing that intro, I was just like, I absolutely watched this show. But um, but yeah, uh, did, I, did you watch the? I watched the very first episode. What about you? I watched an episode that said it was the very first episode, and I'm not entirely sure it was the first episode, so I'm not really sure where it fell. Okay, like which one was it? The di- the dinosaur valley one, it, maybe. Where they find this 
the Tyrannos find a, a valley where like they go through a cave or whatnot and find all these dinosaurs that are like legit primitive oh, style yeah, dinosaurs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. So it was the first one. Yeah. I think that is the yeah yeah that's that's um, well I was confused because I thought in the first one is when we meet the kids but apparently they tell us that in the intro so we don't have to meet the kids they're already there which honestly I kind of appreciate I don't really I really don't need that story if you're gonna put it in the intro yep. great fine we got that point let's just move on because uh, I thought the exact same thing that's why I was like I bet we watched the same um, the same episode because yes. I assumed this was going to be the episode to start it off and tell their story. But yeah, but because they did it in the intro, they didn't need to. And so, yeah, that was uh, Dinosaur Valley was the very first episode. And I can tell you, it was a struggle (laughs) to get through that episode. Adam, I I agree. It was (laughs) so so bad. (sighs) The animation is okay, but it's not... Like, good. It's okay. Yeah, uh, fine. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. The voices on the dinosaurs. Honestly, the voice cast, I didn't think was good at all. They just, almost every dinosaur annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> I either found them to be, uh, like, flat, like yeah. there was no substance to the voice, or, yes, annoying. And then, to me, that included the main villain, Genghis Rex and the main hero like Aloe I just I didn't care for him mm-hmm. he just he, none of them none of them worked for me and the overall feeling of the show was incredibly kitty it was very like slapstick whoop whoop I flipped on a banana peel <laughs> oh I'm stupid like it was just so fucking stupid uh yeah yeah. I really, I really yeah. wish I had something smart and intelligent to add to this, but I, I had to do this in two sittings. I got through 15 minutes of the episode and I had to walk <laughs> away. Then I came back and just suffered through the last 15 minutes, and I probably just blocked a lot of it out of my mind because I, honestly, I, I was so, I, I found myself doing other things while trying to watch mm. the episode. Same as the movie, essentially. Uh, this, um, this show is not good. Uh, apparently, in 2018. Uslan uh, joined with Lion Forge Comics to try and revive Dinosaurs as a comic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a five-part miniseries uh, that was left on a cliffhanger, but got discontinued. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, this is what a great pairing with We're Back because these two things are just terrible together. <laughs> And just ter- terrible in general. And I feel bad because when we've done some of these like kind of crappier movies, we've had a good show to follow it up on, mm-hmm. and can we can kind of talk into and kind of you know sink our teeth into. Dinosaurs is not that show. It has no substance, and it just felt derivative. It yeah. just felt like I've seen this before and I've seen it better. Yeah, that's so, unfortunate. I I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I know a lot. I know a lot of friends who really love this show, and it was a show that obviously I remember seeing, but I obviously don't remember it fondly enough to have remembered anything about the show other than the theme song, and that kind of mm-hmm. says a lot about the show. It yeah. really does. But props to that theme song, man. Yeah. Just listen to that over. Did you have a favorite dinosaur as a kid? Um, I wouldn't say I did. I know. I, I mean. Everybody has like that. I no. Okay. I, I wouldn't say. I so. kind of did because I I had to do a, a report in in elementary school on uh, on a dinosaur and I ended up kind of re- relating to dinosaurs. Uh, I had to do one on the Allosaurus, 
And it oh, kind of became okay. my, my I, I don't know, I guess I was kind of hipster about it, where it was like, everyone likes the T-Rex, I'm going to like the Allosaurus. <laughs> and then when they're like, the what? I tell them, well, the Allosaurus was like the first T-Rex and blah, 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 whatever it was. Yeah. So... Yeah, if I had to, yeah, yeah, just that's that makes sense. I mean, I yeah, I, I totally get that. That's why, I like, you do you do some of those weird things. Like, I did a, a project on Venezuela in like fucking middle or not middle school, maybe elementary school. But mm-hmm. like, some of the facts just kind of stuck in my head. I'm like, man, I love Venezuela. Like, <laughs> I don't love Venezuela. I don't give a shit about it, especially not right <laughs> but, now. Yeah, exactly. No, no, it's not a very great place to be, from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, but yes, all right, Allosaurus, awesome. Aloe and the dinosaurs, fucking terrible. This episode of the Blast from Our Past podcast is not brought to you by Jurassic Park. The dinosaurs are on a rampage, and only the JP team is tough enough to stop them. Rand fires his net launcher. Ellie launches her grappling hook. Baldoon fires a tranquilizer. Each sold separately. It's happening, but only at Jurassic Park. All right, let's see if we can right this ship and uh, do something fun and positive in this episode. <laughs> Yeah, I think and so. Let's, uh, well, let's, it might piss people off because they're like, we don't need this. Ah, fuck them. <laughs> Too bad. Fuck them. Let's recast Jurassic Park. Okay. Uh, I actually had a had a fun time doing this. Yeah, me too. Uh, we're going to do most of the adult cast minus the children. I, You know what? I should have put Nedry yep. in there, and I, I'm regretting that I didn't. And I also I, I, I wrote this thing out pretty quickly, so... Um, we probably also could have yeah. done Samuel L. Jackson's character, who I never remember. I just remember Samuel L. Jackson, but yeah. I apologize. And he's got he's, he looks great with a cigarette. In yeah. His mouth. So I don't I don't know. Maybe if we do, you want to try and come up with a Nedry real quick, or I, I've got a Nedry. Okay. In my I want, hit yeah. me with it since we're a, kind of large, funny guy. He can be kind of annoying with stuff, and I think he would fit well. Josh Gad. Yeah, that's that's a good word. I don't. I have a hard time seeing Josh Gad as is evil as a bad guy, yeah, but but I'm. It's yeah. not that's not a bad call by any means. Yeah, well, it's it's a pretty one to one. But you're right. But Wayne Knight does do kind of like evil, com- comically evil, right. pretty well. Yeah, he's he's so. really good at that. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. So the other characters that we're gonna do are Grant, Ellie, Malcolm, uh, Hammond, uh, Muldoon, who is kind of like the um, the. Z- that's not a knife. Well, different <laughs> the, movie, but same the kind zoo of master, or whatever you call him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The uh, uh, what is what is this when he's looking off the. Uh, you know, the line. What's his fucking line? Clever girl. Clever girl. <laughs> Clever. Clever girl. Uh, Gennaro, who was the lawyer, the blood-sucking lawyer. And yep. uh, Wu, who was the head scientist, who is, like, the only one who I think has been in, like, all of the movies, or most of the all of the movies, and he's, like, turned in, into a bad guy, almost. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Which... I don't know if he was in some of the... I don't know if he was in, like, um, The Lost World and the other one, but he kind of came back in I know he was in the th- Jurassic thir- World. He was in the third one, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so yeah, but he he has he's become like the bad guy. You're right, yeah. and it was just strange. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. That did nothing for me. Uh, let's start with Wu and Adam. Let's hear your pick. Sure. Um, so I got my guy that I've got might be a good bit older. Well, well, not older. He's not older than the former casting of Wu, but he's probably older than Wu was at the time. The actor was at the time, but that's, he's a scientist. So that doesn't bother no. me if he's a little bit older. Actually, most of these characters don't bother me if the age range differs a little bit. Yeah. Because there's really no relative age that really needs to be explored. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For this kind of stuff, absolutely not. It totally, you can have a, a huge range. So this actor has been in a good bit of stuff. He was very, very good in like the, the Lost Show um, and Hawaii Five O, And he's done, yeah, a lot of TV stuff. Um, I went with Daniel Day Kim. Okay. I like Daniel Day Kim. Yeah. Um, I've noticed he's doing a lot of voice stuff now too. He's in the, uh, oh, no, oh, they're doing a live action avatar. Again? I think of it. This one's a series. I don't think this is voice. Uh, oh no, it might be. No, 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 no. This is. I think this is animated. I think. Uh, well, we'll find out. I guess. Yeah, but he's playing a fire lord or whatnot in that one. But he's been. He's got tons of stuff. Okay. I like Daniel Day Kim. I'm totally fine with that okay. one. Um, cool. I went with an actor who. I, most of these actors, I think, I've used at least once. Not all of them, but most of them, I've used at least once. And this guy's no exception. I think he's a, a great actor and would work as a scientist. I went with John Cho. He is a great call. Absolutely a great call. I, I, I considered him for a second, but I used him recently. Right. And so I was like, no, I'm going to find another another guy. And that that so. is going to play a, a part, I think, often in our castings. If you use them recently or several times recently, you kind of steer away from it, even if they are a, a good pick for it. Exactly. And John Cho, he does come across very smart. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that does fit pretty well. Uh, all right, Gennaro, the lawyer. So I, this was the one where I actually had a, I had to do a little bit of looking to find an actor who I really liked for this one, but uh, I think I came up with uh, an actor that will work. He is, to me, was most famously on, uh, am I looking at the right guy? <laughs> I'm looking at his his thing. Oh yeah, yeah, it is the right guy. Okay, Whew. Uh, he was most famously uh, a bad guy on the show True Blood, uh, where he okay. played Russell Edgington. Uh, his name is Dennis O'Hare. The picture that's on his in... IMDb profile is not a good one to oh. base off of. Yeah, he's got a lot of uh, prosthetics on that picture. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. I've uh, I. I think I've seen him in some stuff, and I totally see the look. Mm-hmm. The look is absolutely he, right. He there. looks like a, a he can look like a crummy lawyer. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I am cool. I'm very cool with that call. Cool. He, yeah. So. All right. Who did you go with? Um, I I went with a different guy. I was trying to think. You got to have someone who kind of has like that sleazy lawyer vibe. Right. And this actor is really strong. Uh, I've been had been watching Narcos. And he's in that he he's got a sleaze to him because he plays the biggest like drug dealer of all time. And I just thought he was a good actor. And I bet he could play a sleazy lawyer pretty well. I went with Wagner Wagner Mora. I'm not sure. I know I fucked that up. But um, just like particularly his look as Pablo Escobar. I'm like, I could see a kind of like having slick back hair and put a suit on and you would look like a skeezy lawyer to me. Okay. So. Um, I have not seen Narcos. Heard mostly good things, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Did you watch that show at all? Yeah, yeah, I did, and that's uh, that's why I kind of liked him and kind of just kind of like you know I don't know, just thought like the the throwback look mm-hmm. of of him in that one kind of made me think if I just kind of keep his kind of like a even his mustache and slick back hair and just kind of put him in a suit, he kind of has he has skis vibe to me. Okay, so I'm I'm yeah. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And I highly do recommend the Narco show. It's quite, quite good. Okay. The show end already? 
Uh, they they have a um a kind of almost like a spinoff of Narcos Mexico. Oh, okay. Uh, that I think is still going on Netflix. Okay. Um, uh, it's showing that it ended in 2021. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, so. there we go. I hadn't watched Narcos Mexico. I just watched the regular, regular one. original. Okay. Looks only rained for like a couple of years. Did it only have a couple seasons? Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's only it's only like no. well, four I, four seasons. Is that right? There's only thirty episodes though, so that's not. Terrible. Oh, maybe it's just a three. So it's three seasons of uh, like ten episodes. Okay, each. Uh, that's that's doable. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Okay, cool. All right, Muldoon, the gamekeeper. I almost said game master, but that's uh, yeah, <laughs> gamekeeper. Uh, I'm interested to see uh, who you went with. So I went with a um, character actor who you will see in a lot of stuff. Um, he might be too old now. I don't know. He still looks pretty young, young enough to me. Um, and you can have a guy who's slightly older on this one. He still can be badass. Yeah, you see him on the side of things, I feel, just a lot. Or he just kind of can play a tough guy. And this is a tough guy role. I went with uh, uh, Jimin Hansu. Jimin Hansu? I'm not right. sure how you, you pronounce it. You have to spell it. that for me. Yep, D-J-I-M-O-N. In, if there's another oh yes that guy i see him in a hundred things loved him in uh loved him in guardians loved him in yep. uh gladiator he's good in that one yeah. i'm all yep. for he's that the one King, the king's man he is just is like a a tough side guy who appears in tons of yes shit. so okay yep. i'm all for that one cool um i stuck to the roots and went with an aussie uh, okay as much as I wanted to go with Paul Hogan, I figured he was probably a little too old. Yeah, probably. So, I went with the Hemsworth. Uh, okay. Ooh, which one? Oh, I, I I bet I can guess. All right. Okay. Uh, Liam is too young. Chris is too big. You went with the other one. I went with Luke Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who plays kind of the actor Thor in Thor Ragnarok, but he plays a similar role as kind of being like the head of security in Westworld. Westworld. So, yeah. uh I could see him playing like a game warden for, uh, you know, like a new uh, Jurassic Park. And that's why I could pick it up exactly because of the Westworld tie-in. Yeah. It, it, it fits it fits quite well. Yeah. And he's kind of a big guy as well, but uh, he's he's uh, his brother's too pretty to be a game warden. I think yeah. Luke's got that good like <laughs> yeah. tough guy, uh, yeah. gr- more gritty yep. kind of feel to him. Completely agree with that call. Someone who's just as home out in the in the bush as he is, mm-hmm. you know, at home. All right. Hammond. This one will be interesting. I went with a very well-known actor um, who is older now. Uh, you're not going to get the same sort of white hair, white beard look from this actor. Um, but yeah. I can see him being an eccentric millionaire who just wants to bring dinosaurs back for his grandkids. I went with Sir Ben Kingsley. Oh, yeah. He plays eccentric well. I I definitely like that. I didn't pick that one, but I do like it. I went not terribly far off. Okay. I went with another bald British person. <laughs> okay. But uh, I think he could do eccentric. He's got some good humor stuff. He's a good actor. And I picked Patrick Stewart as my Hammond. So I think both Ooh, decent calls. That's an interesting one. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that one. I don't hate it. I love Patrick Stewart. I okay. watch Patrick Stewart do anything. Okay. Uh, and right now, my wife and I are, are ingrained in the second season of Picard, so mm-hmm. um, loving him on that. Yeah. Yeah. And we might we might get him in the uh, 
the um, upcoming Doctor Strange film. Upcoming Doctor Strange film. Yeah, exactly. Which so. would be fun. Which actually, by the time this is out, that movie I think might be out. Well, then he was great in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can't remember. Hold on, I'm gonna <laughs> check Do that the math. out. Yes, that'll be out four days before this episode comes out. <laughs> All right. And he was awesome if he appeared in it. I think he probably did. And uh, I totally believed uh, Tom Cruise as Iron Man. (laughs) That was... Yeah. I don't know if that's... I don't know. Those are all rumors that we'd heard. And and Wolverine appeared for sure. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see if any of that actually happens. And can you believe Namor was in it? Sorry. <laughs> well, if they brought Namor in with the Illuminati, I would. Love I mean, that. I would too, because he's in the comics. He's part of the Illuminati, but you know. he, he's the oldest Marvel character. Yeah. Like that'd be that'd be cool to like actually bring him in. I mean, there's a lot of characters that I think would be cool to bring in. So, mm-hmm. so, but this is not a multiverse of madness no. podcast. This is a dinosaur podcast <laughs> yes. episode. Uh, so, Patrick Stewart, you're iffy on it. I, you know, but I, I think it'll be good. It'll yeah. Be good. I mean, I'm fine with it. All right, let's go to Malcolm. Okay. <laughs> Life uh, finds, finds a way. <laughs> who did you go with? Um, there's, I think, a couple different actors who would just kill this. I went with a guy who can be eccentric in his own right, and I think I would like to see him play this dude. Also, just to add in some diversity as a very, very white cast. So I went with a black actor who, when he puts his mind to something, he does a fantastic job. And I think if he wanted to play a douchey character like Malcolm, <laughs> he totally could. And even still could do the laying down on the side, uh, <laughs> um, you know, that sex <laughs> right. appeal that Malcolm kind of had as well. I went with Jamie Foxx. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's an interesting call. That would be funny. Yeah. I think he would be a lot more sarcastic than Malcolm already yeah. is. Because uh, Jamie Foxx yeah. is just that kind of person, I feel. Mm-hmm. That is an interesting Fair. call. I mean, he could totally be... I mean, we saw him without a shirt on in uh, the latest Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And he was exactly. all butt-ass naked. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, he looked good then, so... Yes. Clearly, that Marvel diet works for them. I don't know if I could eat that much steamed chicken, though. No. I went with an actor who I've used a bunch of times before, but who is quirky and eccentric, just like Malcolm is... Um, this does add a little bit of diversity to it, and actually, he's been playing this. He's been playing a real quirky pirate, and he also directed Jeff Goldblum in Thor Ragnarok. I went with Taika Waititi. I could see that. I and I like the um, the comedic value he would add to that role. I, he's uh, he can be uh, serious while being quirky at the same time, which you need kind of from mm-hmm. a, a Malcolm. Um, he's currently been on a show called Our Flag Means Death, where he's playing the pirate Blackbeard, um, which it's a comedy and it's a it's, it's strange and out there and stuff like that. But I think I think this would be a, a fun fun role for him to take on. Yeah, yeah, that's cool with that. Very cool with that. Uh, all right, Ellie, Ellie, our kind of leading lady. I went with an actress who's been doing a lot of stuff uh, lately. Um, but I mostly loved her in the movie The Martian, um, but okay. she was also in Terminator Dark Fate. I won't hold that against her. Uh, and Blade Runner 2049, I went with Mackenzie Davis. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i fine with that one. It does not bother me one bit. Okay. I'm not, I'm not like in love with that actress, but I don't dislike her. Okay. 
And I, and I, I saw The Martian once and I liked it, but I, I need to watch it again. I, think. I, Christy and I love that movie, mm-hmm. and like to the point where like honestly, it's one of the ones that we'll put on like to fall asleep to, not because it's boring. Okay. But because we've seen it so many times that we can just kind of also the soundtrack is really like cool and chill in that one, so it's really easy to follow. Okay. Martian is like one of those underrated movies that I will always recommend to someone who's never seen it, and mm-hmm. it, if they're looking for suggestions. And every time I've suggested that movie, uh, it, I get the feedback of, "Oh, that was a great choice. Love that movie. I think it's a, a underrated movie. I think was fantastic and a really stacked cast." In that mm-hmm. film, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. She played like that, uh, yeah, and that that kind of Terminator thing, right? In, in which I actually Bay, haven't seen. Not a, it's not a great okay. movie. None of them have been since uh, number two. No, no, they've gotten worse and worse. Honestly, yeah. pretty much. Uh, well, this one actually, this one I think I was bet it was better than Genesis. I okay. think Dark Fate was better than Genesis, but they're not. You're grasping it, right? Shit straws. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Who did you pick? I didn't think too hard because this actress, I feel like, yeah, she's played eh, roles enough like this. She can be a strong female lead when she needs to be, but also in a great supporting cast. And I know I've used her before, but I don't care. I I couldn't get her out of my head. Uh, I went with Rachel McAdams. Okay. I like Rachel McAdams. Yeah. I I think it's a pretty safe pick. Yeah. She was the, she's the one from Dr. Strange, right? Correct. And then I liked her. I think she should be. Yeah, that's her. In the right? next one too. Uh, and then yeah. I also I liked her in the Sherlock Holmes movie, the the yeah. RDJ one. Absolutely, I very much enjoyed that one. So yep. and then a bunch of I didn't see the second one. I saw the first. They were one, both good. I liked them both. I thought yeah. they were both fine. Okay. I, I think I found the second one to be a little bit more rewatchable. Maybe not as good of a film, but a little bit uh-huh. more fun and be able to kind of rewatch okay. and stuff like that. Nice. All right, Doctor Grant. Our main guy. Let's uh, let's hear. Who'd you pick? So I think I went with an Aussie, but I'm pretty sure he can do an American accent just fine. He's kind of got a oh, he's a Kiwi. Okay, but he's he's a good actor. We've used him plenty of times, and he's kind of probably past a lot of his action action stage. But I can see him kind of being like that. I don't know, kind of a grump <laughs> when he needs to be, because uh, because uh, Grant's a bit of a grump at the start of it, and you have to. He ends like ends up liking the kids and saving right. the day. I'm with Carl Urban as my. Oh, grant. I love that call. Love that yeah. call. I love Carl Urban, and he's kind of a grump in the boys. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, I, I, that's I right. like that call. Um, sure. I went with an actor who is probably close in age to Carl Urban. Of course, everyone looks younger nowadays, but I'm, you know, with the right, but I mean, Grant doesn't necessarily have to be older. He just has to have that kind Mm -hmm. of air about him, the kind of the grumpiness Mm -hmm. and then adventure. And I use an actor for this one. I actually haven't, I don't know that I've used him before or if I have, it's been a very long time, but he's a leading guy. He's one of the Chris's. I went with Chris Pine. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I could absolutely see that. I like that. Just him, you know, he can I could see him being a little bit grumpy and stuff like that. I mean, I liked his Captain Kirk. I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not a huge fan of the original characters, the original, you know, Star Trek characters. So like when they were like remaking it, I'm like, why? I don't 
I don't really don't need yeah. a remake of the original. Don't give me the past shit. Let's move forward. I'm always about yeah. moving forward. I don't give a shit about revisiting the past. I just want to move forward. Whatever, yep. whatever we got to do. But no, fair enough. I, I thought he would, he would work fine as a grant. Oh yeah, absolutely. I absolutely think he would work fine as a grant. Uh, Carl Urban is eight years older than Chris Pine. Okay. Uh, but I mean, that's either I think either this these are the roles that I think a, a huge range. You know, my, yours is. 40. Right. Uh, and that totally works. Mine's closer right. to 50. So it's like either of those absolutely work. I think pretty solid casting around. I'd be, I would absolutely be happy with any, uh, seeing a film of any of that. Category. I agree. All right. That was our recasting of a Jurassic Park reboot. Please join us next time for our top 10 90s TV theme songs. We've done cartoon theme songs from the 90s. We've done sitcoms from the 90s. Now it's time for everything else. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hi, my name is Scott, and I host a nostalgia cast called People Don't Forget. Join me each episode for a deep dive into all things nostalgia. Do you remember your favorite songs from the year 2000 or the TV shows you watched in 2003? If you don't, that's okay. Listen to People Don't Forget and take a particular journey with me down memory lane.